Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I want to introduce you to some new friends of mine. I met them at Banyan Retreat just over a month ago, and they've quickly become some of my favorite people. They're both highly trained and practiced mediums. And besides doing demonstrations and working with clients one-on-one, they teach mediumship. Carrie McLeod and Phil Dykes are the creators and tutors of the Spirit and Soul Foundation. They offer opportunities to people to access a form of spiritual learning and mediumship training that goes far beyond anything you may have experienced before. I was lucky enough to get a taste of this training and mediumship demonstration, as well as plenty of laughs with them. And I knew Carrie and Phil are people that you had to meet. In fact, they've said yes to my invitation and will be demonstrating and teaching in person at my live events. You can find out more at wedontdieboston.com and wedontdieorlando.com. Coming to us from their home in Scotland, I'd like to say, Carrie and Phil, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Good morning. Hello. Hello. All the way from Bonnie, Scotland. I know we have several thousand miles between us, but it works. And if you're someone who's listening to this right now, we're actually recording this on video. So if you want to see us talk live, you can just go to YouTube and type in We Don't Die Radio, episode 285, and voila, you'll get to see this conversation. So good morning. Hello. And we're recording this just the day after Christmas. Happy Christmas. Yes. Hello. It's, yes. it's funny, as we're looking at you, you've got angel wings behind you. <laughs> well, I am a little bit of an angel. No. And devil in disguise, as Elvis sings, is just the shadow. It's Yeah, it's morning for me. It's afternoon for you as, as we talk today. Well, how do we begin? I know I just did a brief introduction, but would you each take a moment and just share a little bit about your past and how you actually got into this wonderful world of mediumship and believing in the afterlife because it's not for everyone not everyone grows up getting involved like we have carrie you want to start yes i'll start i've just been nominated yes volunteer. <laughs> um yeah so began a long time ago as as many mediums that when they were younger and they had experiences um, and mine began when I was very young and I had movement in my, my bedroom. One of my first experiences is when all the soft toys fell off the top of my wardrobe. Um, and then I used to experience young children underneath my bed. So there's that thing of going to the bathroom and running back to bed in case the young children come out to play. So those kind of things at that point, I didn't know it was the spirit world. I just was told I had a very active imagination. And so that that part of me just was forgotten. And as I grew up, there wasn't anything really I can mention before I had quite a a serious accident on a motorway where the brakes failed on, well, your your highways. My brakes failed and I was off work for quite a number of months. And during that convalescence time, I started experiencing all sorts of things where the spirit world were coming in very strongly, I didn't know what it was about. Um, I'm quite a logical, scientific person, so I like proof and I like logicality, if that's such a word. Um, 
and I like being able to explain things. So when these things started to happen, I had no clue as to what it meant. So I began to find out more. So I Googled and it said, use a pendulum. So that was my first introduction, um, as many people do. But then I began to question the intelligence behind it because I know I have my own kinetic energy and I can influence the pendulum. And so could it really be an unseen world or could it be my own energy or could it be um, some other unseen movement or energy moving it? And that is when I went to a spiritualist church in 1996. And that's when I started my development. Um, I studied, well, since then, I'm an eternal student, as we all are. And really, for me, it is people say, how do you um, define yourself as a medium? And I, I can't really define myself because it's who I am. The, the spirit world and, and spirituality within that spirit world is part of me. And so it's part of everything that I am, everything that I've done, everything that I think everything that I can be is because of my belief in a world unseen, but a world is very, very, um, for me, evidenced, and it's been very evidenced in my life. And that's when I've tried for a long time to try and prove the spirit world didn't exist. Um, really? My mediumship was happening, and I was saying things, and I was trying to pick it apart, trying to prove that I was a mind reader, trying to prove that um, it wasn't, that, that that was mediumship happening and then I, I just kind of succumbed to the the um, reality that actually the spirit world is very real that that we don't die that we exist in, in some place beyond what we can naturally see and I'm always looking for proof I'm always looking for reassurance uh, we get a reassurance we might have a chance to speak today how we receive our reassurance from the spirit world that we're things are happening but from 96 until today 2018 22 years and I'm still learning and I'm still developing and I'm still um, looking at ways that we can share this and demystify it for the public because it's it's um, there, there's something about being able to share that spirituality with yeah. people as well whilst bringing um, the other element so that's yeah. I think that's my story. Yeah, Carrie, um, someone had just had not really a debate with me, but they did, said something that mediumship is just mind reading or there's all these cold readings and things like that. Um, can you give an example how you know that it couldn't possibly be mind reading? Yeah, there's been quite a few instances, and Phil's probably got examples as well, where I've done um, private sittings for people or done during a demonstration given a contact where the recipient genuinely has not known the information they've had to go home and they've had to to verify it i remember when um i was given one demonstration and the submarine was it was during the war and it was sunk out of british waters it was actually in russian waters and the recipient didn't know that and so when he went home he then contacted me and said oh my goodness how did you know that he's in because your grandfather told me. And so there's so many instances where there's such specific information that the recipient didn't know and once checked has then been able to find out. That's the evidence that proves to me that I'm not able to read minds. I'm not that clever. 
in fact, I think it was, you were at the Banyan retreat yes. during the demonstration, and one of the contacts I did was to, we'll, keep the, we'll protect the innocent, we'll not mention the names, but one, to one of the organisers, and his friend came through and he didn't even know that he had passed. And he had to go away and he Googled, he searched, and he found it to be correct. So it takes that mind reading out completely, because he didn't know the information. So it shows that we, we, we're not extracting that from the mind or, or the auric field or the energy of that person. Because we emit energy, we emit information. Um, so it goes beyond that, doesn't it, as well? So, yeah, so you, you were witness to that as well. Yeah, I think that's pretty great as well. And I love, Carrie, your background of trying to prove it. Because unless you've been in our shoes, I mean, it's so easy for people to say, no, it can't be real. In fact, my, the subtitle of my book is Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. I was so closed-minded. I thought I had all the answers without doing the research. And it wasn't until I started getting involved myself that I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think when we begin to question, that's when we begin to find our truth. But in finding our own truth, we have to actually let go, possibly, of a truth that made sense for a long time. And for some people, that's just not the part of their journey just now. No. And we can't push it on anyone, but when it's time, it's make my life worth living. Phil, what's your story? Oh, wow. Where was that? So many experiences. Um, <laughs> Way back when. <laughs> <laughs> like many mediums, um, from a very early age, I've been aware of the spirit world. And you've probably heard the story where they've seen somebody stood at the end of the bed and everything else. Right. Um, similar to that well they used to come and sit on the bed and as a child we're always frightened and, and the duvet was bulletproof and we pull it over the head and it, but it, it was quite extraordinary it went past just the communication it was the physical presence of the spirit world as well that really affected me really got my attention because it wasn't just they sat on the bed the whole bed went down the duvet pulled as they sit as somebody real would do so it, for me it, it was quite astounding quite astonishing and even to the point where I didn't know my, my stepfather, now who's in the spirit world, used to listen to the voices outside my bedroom door because he used to be convinced that me and my brothers, because we all shared a room, were all awake and talking. But he actually used to listen to the voices and he couldn't work out because he'd come into the room and we were all fast asleep and it was just me with my head underneath the duvet sort of thing. So for me, and I found out that years later, so it, it really had a, a profound effect on my mind of, really, that these were my personal memories, these were my personal things that got my attention of the spirit world, but then to somebody else to witness it and be aware of it, that's where I started to question what Kerry mentioned about the scientific side of it. So it's not just me aware, it wasn't or couldn't be put down to imagination, somebody now witnessed it. So it's these things, and even to very another one very similar to that is people talk about orbs and things and they catch them on photographs but actually I remember a very early age you must have been about six or seven years old just lying in bed in that darkness and these three balls and I've got to say they were like the size of soccer balls came through the wall and there's communication taking place and from, from that moment forward the, all the fear everything seemed to dissipate and there's an understanding within the mind of hearing all these words and voices. And I remember them saying to me, there's nothing to be aware of. Um, then I heard a name and I'm, I'm speaking this back. But again, my stepfather was outside and, and I was unfortunate enough that I didn't meet one of my grandfathers. But some of the name that I was mentioned was my grandfather's name at the, at the time. And well, I didn't know that. So again, it, it, it makes you think of 
not just the experience, but the actual mediumship that's taking place. So it, it's not just mental mediumship, there's physical mediumship as you're feeling everything go down. Then there's another form of consciousness that's communicating. So yeah, so from a very early age, I'm aware of the spirit world, but again, very similar to Kerry, I've, I've gone through life because it's coming fits and starts through my early years um, where I've questioned, debated, and, and really got to understand how the mechanics of mediumship works. And as I look back, was all there already I, I just didn't know it I didn't understand it because um, my family did several things to prove that this wasn't happening and but then when other people family other family members witnessed noises reports all kinds of things and we moved house and and it, I'm trying not to laugh as I say this somebody said to my mother um you should remove the house roof and um, that lets all the spirits go and everything else so there was work done on the roof and everything else but yet things still happened and we moved again. And wherever we moved to, these, this phenomena kept on happening. So again, that was my introduction to the spirit world. And I think it was later in my life where I walked into a spiritualist church in the UK where I, I used to live. And, and again, a funny story, I worked there for umpteen years and drove past this building, never noticed it. Then when I was taken to it, it was like, I work almost next door to this building and I've never noticed it. And I must admit, and I walked in, and walking in, I felt uncomfortable. But when I sat down and looked round, I can't explain it, I felt at home. And I had some magnificent experiences of mental mediumship. Probably embarrassing for the medium now who's in the spirit world, probably listening to us. But for 45 minutes, he could not get away from me. He kept on saying, you're a medium. I'm thinking, he's got the wrong person. First time I've come here. But the evidence he gave me of my grandfather was second to none. I couldn't dispute it. So when he left, everyone came over. What a wonderful contact. Um, how strange it was that the medium couldn't get away from you. And I'm like, well, it wasn't me because I felt guilty. There's all these other people here. Um, but it's happened several times, very similar to that. Um, the spirit world wanted to prove, wanted to get a point across that, yes, you are the medium and you've got to look at this and take note of it. So, yes, yeah, so from going back to a very early age, how it started, um, some fantastic experiences and some that I don't talk about because I'm still waiting for that evidence to be given. Um, as we still question, well, the spirit world's really real, they'll give me this. And I've got some absolutely magnificent evidence from other mediums. And they said, well, I don't know what it means, but I've got to give it to you. And for me, it's earth shattering. It makes you look at life completely different. So that that's my early beginnings into it. Oh, that's great. And as far as training, were you trained at a spiritualist church? I began in a spiritualist church, the one I've just talk, talked mm -hmm. about, um, Horwich National Spiritualist Church. Um, I was put in a group of six people, and it, it's quite funny, because um, I sat there, all these people have been training for years, and I sat there and I kept on seeing these clairvoyant images, sometimes within my mind, sometimes in front of me. And they used to keep on saying to me, you know what, I, I wish I saw like you, I wish I heard like you, and I'm thinking, well... I'm still questioning all of this. Where does it all come from? It's just started. But then as I started to put things together, um, it started to make a lot of sense. And I met a gentleman called uh, Paul Jacobs, very renowned, world-renowned medium, fantastic tutor, taught by one of the best ever mediums living, uh, in my opinion, uh, Mr. Gordon Higginson. Um, he had a profound effect on me. It made so much sense. It was logical. It was rational. 
everything that he, he, he said to me, even now in our own tutoring, we, we, we always acknowledge Paul. Um, but again, we've made it our own. Um, but again, there's a lecture you can listen to online by Mr. Gordon Higginson. Um, I think it is volume four of The Highest Fears. And it talks about you must feel the spirit world. Feeling the spirit world is so important because it's that feeling that gives you the understanding of that information, whether it's clairvoyant images, where it's clairaudience. So that training that Paul gave me along those lines was absolutely profound for me because it changed my whole way of thinking, my whole way of demonstrating, my whole way of um, addressing information when I give it to get the, the biggest effect that I can from it that hits home. Um, to give you an example, um, I think it was something, I, again, from my early in early development, I used to see horses and animals and different things. But at one time, I would have said horses either mean strength or would have meant betting and things like that. But actually, when Paul talked to me and said, well, it could be a whole range of things. You've got to feel into what, what's right. And it opened my mind, my consciousness to a whole new avenue of evidence where it could be, OK, I've got your father here. Oh, he was a horse trainer and he bred horses as well. And they were race horses. All of a sudden, that one horse became several more in-depth bits of information that were evidential to that person and his loved one in the spirit world. And the more that I started to understand that training and that understanding of mechanics, um, it brought more healing to people because we all come for that evidence. We all come for that. Um, we're, we're grieving at some point. Um, but again, getting that evidence, really in-depth evidence, knows that the spirit world is here. They are communicating. They are real. And what's actually happening is bringing a healing to the recipient. I don't know if you want to add something to that. Uh, yeah, I think there is the healing. I think I know what you're doing um, is about bringing that healing, about bringing that reassurance. And I think the, the strange thing is my development has taken place and my mediumship has developed naturally to an extent. Um, and I had a lovely gentleman who's now in the spirit world called Jock MacArthur who mentored me. And it, I found out that as Phil and I have worked together more and more, that there's similarities in the way that we work. And yet I've never been taught by anybody that Phil's been taught by. But it shows the intelligence of the spirit world that their intention is there in order to allow the medium to be the, the, the fullest and truest conduit for them. It's not about our message. It's about us being able to communicate their language. And so if we leave ourselves open to um, the honesty of the communicator and the communication, then the world's their oyster. Mm. If we only open our minds yeah. to being able to conceive something within that evidence and within the essence and within that emotion. So it's it, the intelligence of the spirit world never ceases to amaze me. Mm. It, again, um, as Kerry's talking, it reminds me of what we actually teach and what was taught to us. Um, is we stand in the essence of that communicator and, and it's their story, it's their evidence, it's what they want to say. And, and let's be honest, uh, and, and I know your father's in the spirit world, um, who would know better or what evidence to give me or your father? It's your father. And he will give what he needs to give that will be the evidence for you. Um, and what we see is a lot of mediums controlling the contacts, but what's your name, where do you come from? 
what is it about you want to say? Tell me this, tell me that. You're not letting that communicator, that loved one, bring forward them words and their, their own evidence that can be emotional, that can be evidential, but they have a profound effect on you, the recipient, to bring closure, to bring healing, to bring a, a reassurance of life after death, but also for you to question, you know what, he wants to know that, she wants to know that. Mm. Where's that come from? And, and it, it's that bigger question then that helps that recipient's mind open up to life after, or life within life, as we call it, or life after death, whichever. But it's actually opening their mind to go and seek that truth. And that's all we ask, because as the medium, that's all we can do is help them look and search for that truth and seek that truth out. But it's been in that essence of that communicator, of that loved one, to tell their story. That's the key. Otherwise, every contact will sound the same. I've got a Mary, I've got a John, it's a father, it's a mother. It's cold. It has to be personal. I've got your mother here or your father here. He lived at this place. This was his work. This is what he lived for. These are the memories he shared together. It becomes so personal. And, and, and this is what where we really do stand really strongly. It has to be evidential. We can't say to you, oh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen without that evidence because otherwise, where's, where's the information coming from? Yes. Oh, I was just thinking when you gave your workshop um, part of the at Banyan, you did an exercise with us that we had to close our eyes and imagine walking into our front door. Um, and maybe maybe you could do that. And the only reason I, if you're willing to do it here, is I think there's many of us that would like to believe that our loved ones are around, but we're so busy with our technology. <sighs> And on the computer and all of our thoughts of what to do that I think personally, there's sometimes that I don't think I'm in touch with my feelings. I don't think I'm in touch with my imagination. You know, I feel like no images will come to me because I don't have a strong imagination. Can you talk a little bit about that? And even if you want to give that little demonstration, I wouldn't mind because I think it would be helpful for all. So. Again, you were in the lecture at the Banyan where we talked about um, a natural ability that we have to daydream. Um, we talk about the, the trance states. It's a natural extension of the daydream ability. If we're honest with ourselves, through life we have daydreamed, we've imagined, we've heard, we, we, we've tasted, we've touched, even when we've not actually done it in reality. Okay? We have a, such a wonderful ability um, because we have a, such an awareness of a mental awareness, physical awareness, emotional awareness, uh, and, and that spiritual quality within us that can manifest that power, enhance it. So it's a natural extension of our ability, and that's what we're trying to look at. And then I'm trying to, from what I remember of the exercise I did with you, um, we walked you down the road, we, we pictured the house, we heard the sound of the keys and everything. I have to be honest, it was something that Kerry devised, okay? It wasn't me, but I, <laughs> it helps, okay? That's why, I'm gonna, that's why I've already said you can do the exercise. We look, when we work with the spirit world, for these amazing, wonderful experiences. Well, actually, the more we search, the more we look, we're doing quite the opposite of what the spirit world wants. We just need to surrender to the spirit world. Go with inside and let the, the power of the spirit manifest the picture manifest the feeling and experience our job is to energize that experience by 
feeling into it. So in other words, as, as we start to receive them images, we've got to become the image, we've got to feel into the image to bring it alive. And we think, or, or a lot of people think that the medium special, we're just ordinary people, but we've learned to energize that experience by feeling into it. So the exercise that Kerry's gonna do with you in a minute um, will show you how your imagination can work but when we talk about imagination, we think of daydreaming, but actually in reality, we hear, we see, we feel, and it's all them senses we need to bring <clears throat> to activate and energize those spiritual qualities within. So the more, um, to give you an example, we meet somebody and as soon as we shake their hand, okay, we're working on a soul to soul, we feel that person, we might think, oh, you know what, I'm not quite trusting you, you seem lovely, but there's something inside me that says, I don't really want to trust you. Or there might be that experience when we meet them. This, I can just hear the voice, but I'm so interested. It's like, oh, I want to get to know you. There's something that draws you. Well, it's manifesting and developing that feeling that really we need to do to help the spirit world. Because we need to understand what that feeling is and what's actually being said. Because my biggest fear, and I know it carries as well, is when I go to the spirit world and I've said, well, I've got mum, dad, brother, sister, whoever here, and this is what they're telling me as evidence. I'm petrified of getting it wrong. So it's my job to really understand what they're saying. And, and the more I understand, the deeper the mediumship is, the more profound the experience, the more vivid, the more real it is, the more tangible it is for the recipient. So the spirit world has to do a job, but also we as the medium do as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to mm -hmm. add. Mm -hmm. No. Okay. So I think it's um, maybe if you talk them through, <coughs> it is yours and what you perceive. Well, it is something we've developed, but we have to say mediumship is not new. And so a lot of these techniques are used by a lot of people around about the world. So it's not to say that what's been invented has not been given before, because what we've actually found is that there are a number of things that have been devised by us, or Phil has been taught, and the spirit world's taught me independently. So if anybody else out there has experienced this, it's not to say that it's not been done before. But if anybody's driving, when I ask you to close your eyes, please don't. So <laughs> <coughs> um, it's just as a precursor, just to make sure everybody is responsible in, the, in terms of how they use this. But if you are driving or you're listening to this in a place where you can't close your eyes, just allow your imagination to work just the same. The imagination will work in that daydream state as it will as if your eyes were closed. So if you can close your eyes then allow your eyes to close and just allow yourself to relax and a couple of breaths be taken, not any larger or smaller than they normally would be. Just allow everything within you to somehow slow down a bit. The pressure of the day just eases off somehow. When your attention comes to that daydream state, that imagination, the thoughts, the feelings, the pictures, the sounds. So wherever you are just now, Allow yourself to imagine you're heading towards your front door of a house that you're very familiar with. 
wherever you keep your keys to your door, imagine you taking your keys out of your purse or pocket. Hear those keys or see the purse or feel the pocket. And as the key goes into the lock, hear the lock turn. Feel that anticipation of being able to go into your home. Whoever might be in that home, whatever might be in there, to greet you. If there's an aroma, allow yourself to smell that aroma. If you know there's pictures or ornaments within the hall or the living room, just imagine them. And as you close the door and walk through into the living room or the lounge, if somebody's there, imagine what it might be like to say hello and hear them say hello back. Then head in through to the kitchen and have whatever beverage you would normally have, but sense everything you would touch, whether it be the kettle, the fridge, or the water faucet. Take a sip of whatever beverage you've made yourself. Picturing the colour, the temperature. And look out the window. Picture your garden. The plants. The scenery. And then just as easily you slipped into that daydream, Remember that you're sat wherever you are, and if you have your eyes closed, you might want to bring your attention back to the fact, oh, my eyes are closed. I've been daydreaming. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and join us. So I would ask everybody that took part in that, whether your eyes were closed or open, how many people were able to sense their front door? How many people were able to picture or sense the keys, the sounds, the aroma of the house, pouring the beverage, looking out the window? That is how mediumship works. That. It's not your thoughts. It's the thoughts of somebody else. That's how honest we've got to be when we're communicating for the spirit world. If we limit that to small snippets of pictures without delving into the picture and sensing and feeling and knowing and finding out and being curious and inquisitive and honouring what that spirit person has given you, they might give you a picture, but beneath that picture is their life. And if you go into their life, you can honour that. That's mediumship. That's healing. It's as simple as that. That was great. Even for myself, I opened my front door and there was my black and white cat, Harry, there to greet me. And I made a cup of coffee and I could smell the coffee and it, it was great. And um, even looked outside and I saw a cardinal sitting at my mirror on my car because that happens quite often. He looks at himself in the mirror and pecks away at the mirror. But it was all very vivid and very real. So when you talk about feelings, though, if we want to try to work on our feelings, would we recall feelings of love or would I recall a feeling of 
say petting the cat or something like that to try to evoke the feelings within me? You can do. The feelings are, I think we overthink feelings. Mm -hmm. If we're in touch with ourselves, then the feelings somehow become part of us. Uh, And I suppose that's why we spend so much time on developing the self, because unless we're able to sit comfortably within our own emotions, there's no way we can place our awareness within the emotions of another because we will shut ourselves down. Because when we sense the pain of another and it triggers our own pain, then we cannot be that um, honest communicator for the, the spirit world because we can't say, well, if you're going to come through me, I can do this, this and this, but I, I, I can't stand the pain of losing a child and I'm not yet at one with the death of my father and I'm not yet, then we start doing that, then spirit world's going to go to somebody who's open to all. And that's why we open our own um, awareness, I suppose, to our own pain, because the spirit world will use our pain and our joy and our love to be able to share their life story. If we're placing ourselves for the spirit world, we have to be in service to that spirit world and, and in an honest um, and equal relationship with the spirit world and being able to do the work knowing that for that moment we become part of their family. So if I were doing a contact for yourself, Sandra, from your your father, your father trusts me and brings me to be part of your family. For that moment, we feel that love that your father has for you. That's why there's such um, an exchange, a healing exchange can take place when we're doing private sittings or demonstrations because for that moment you are part of that family group because you're relaying that emotional evidence, but also the factual evidence, but they're inseparable sometimes, and that's how it should be. Yeah, it's, it's quite a privileged place to mm-hmm. be. You, you asked a question about feelings. Well, we're all individual. How things affect us as individuals, so we'll have very individual feelings as a medium. We'll get similar information about how it feels to us. It's completely different, and, and we have to be true to those feelings. When I mentioned before about we have this mental awareness, physical, emotional, how the information is delivered by the spirit world impacts upon your soul, impacts upon you, the medium, and it's how you respond by feeling to that information. Um, very much like the exercise, people will be probably sitting there saying, well, that was my imagination. I didn't see it, but I thought it. Well, actually, that's part of clairvoyance. Clairvoyance is meant to be clear seeing, but sometimes there's so many varying different levels of being able to see. So sometimes it is like a thought form, but even though it's a thought form, we can still picture it. We can still be very graphic with it. We can still get some real in-depth information from it. We just have to trust that process. So when it comes to feelings, to give an example of of a recent contact, um, the common names in the UK are are Mary and Elizabeth, um, where I was delivering a contact to a gentleman. And and, and for me, the name is not enough evidence. I'd like to know who they were. So in other words, I heard, okay, I've got Mary and Elizabeth, but before it leaves my mouth, and this is what Paul taught me, it's very much you've got to feel the relationship. So, okay. So I want to speak to you, sir. I've got Mary Elizabeth, both your aunties that belong to your mother and your mother was called and your mother lived out. All of a sudden there's that story that's continual and congeals together like blood. So it's tangible, it's real. 
well, that's got to happen within me, in my feelings, before I even address it to the person. Because the spirit world have got to prove it to me. If there's an intelligence there, which there is, they've got to prove it to me and make it believable and tangible. And that's when Kerry says that we're part, we're privileged of being part of that family and being able to deliver that. And that's what makes mediumship really special, is having the intention of knowing that this is wondrous, this is one of the biggest wonders of the world, factual thing that takes place, being proven by science, but yet people out there are still questioning things. Uh, but when it's delivered to the degree it should be, it has a, a really astonishing effect on the person. It's like, and it makes them question, it makes them seek, it makes them think, you know what, that really was my father, my brother, my son, my daughter. Uh, nothing can take that away. I mean, you asked a, a question earlier on, how does it start for you? My grandparents were, were a, a massive part of my life. Um, and I know that one of them, I won't say one just in case somebody ever gives me a contact, um, just to see them stood there in front of me with my own physical eyes and I could have reached out and touched and in one experience I did can never be taken away from me. So any, and I've still got a sceptical mind. I think it's healthy for the medium still to, still to question and be sceptical um, of what they're receiving. And, and I remember Paul saying to me, what makes the, the, the great medium is somebody that will not question the spirit world, but will challenge the spirit world what's this about what does this mean where does this go instead of saying well i've got um the, i'm going to just pull a name out there i've got the name john and um, you can understand the john for me i want to know that john was father i want to know that how john was was a, a strong gentleman i want to know that he was a very loving gentleman and i know that he loved for his children and it builds the story the more that i or we get involved in that story as the medium the more we become that person, the more that we start to really feel their presence and bring them alive. Because, uh, and, and to picture a story, a song title from the Spy Skills, Two Become One. So, in other words, <laughs> can't resist getting that one in. Um, to become one, we become that communicator. We really bring them to life, and, and their personality and character affects us. So, if they were lively and bubbly we become lively and bubbly but if they were down and dire and very quiet we can't change that we can't make them we have to become them and this is the the, the what kerry was talking about that real special moment that's a pride and a privilege to be part of to be part of your family to deliver that to you and some of the contacts that have happened are very emotional to us when we talk about them afterwards and say, did you feel his love? Did you feel that presence? Did you feel, uh, and even to the people that don't get the contact, uh, I think you mentioned in one of your earlier uh, recordings, you can feel the presence, you can feel the emotion, you can feel the love. And that's what spiritualism is about. It is about that healing process, um, which is far more exciting than, I don't know, somebody giving the lottery numbers and everything else and what's going on in the life. For me, knowing my loved ones there with me, you know what, I can get through anything because I know they're there with me and that, that's what it's all about. So, yeah. Oh, it was so special. Oh, go ahead, Carrie. As we look at the, the purpose of mediumship, there, unfortunately, there are examples where mediums treat the spirit world as just information. But they're people. They're real people, their mums, their dads, their daughters, their sons, their brothers and sisters, husbands and wives. They're real, real people. And it saddens me to an extent where I hear somebody um, becoming bigger than the, 
what's happening. So it becomes about the medium and not about the exchange of love and that healing process. I think if we go back to the purpose of mediumship was about proving that there's a life within a life. Um, and we've often said to our students, where is the spirit world? Are we in their world? Are they in ours? Are the two worlds always interlinked? And once we start looking at, not to get too scientific, but once we start looking at the, the possibilities of what could exist around us, we don't need them coming down from spending out, we've heard some things about them being on buses and coming down from way over there. Well, they're here. They're, they're just that thought away. They literally are just that thought away. And it's about treating each contact as a living person and the only way we can share a living person is by sharing the essence of who they are that magic that, that brings them alive for the recipient and not just names and information yeah. and it was gordon that said mm -hmm. there's only a thought away yeah but as soon as that thought's perceived you feel the presence mm -hmm. of the spirit world um, so they are just that thought away and it, it, it's coming back to that reality uh, and privilege and honour and joy to stand in that essence to allow that communication to take place mm -hmm. because I, I think you, you just said that the medium becomes bigger than the actual words they're saying. That shouldn't happen. You're mm -hmm. caught in that moment and it's a real joy to be there. You forget who you are. You forget everything else. You're just caught in that moment. And I think when we see that, and even where I've watched people demonstrate, when I can see when it's happening and they're in that moment, in that special place, that magical spark of that divine of that God force, creative force, it's touching just to see you become involved in it as well. And we need to see more of it. We really mm -hmm. do. So it's... Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I was just thinking on the other side of the spectrum, if I was the person in the spirit world and there's my loved one and there's a medium between <sighs> us, what kind of thoughts would I give? What kind of shared memories? What kind of feelings? I'm sure it takes something for them to really think about and, and create and get that thought and that feeling forward. So I'd want to smack the medium if it became more about the medium <laughs> and not about, <laughs> not about my message. We often do, but it, it's a good thing you just brought up. Because um, if you went to the spirit world now, God forbid, because the work you're doing is fantastic, spreading the truth and, and being a, 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 the voice for the unseen world in America. Um, what would you say to your loved ones? What would be that evidence that you would say? Would it be your name? Would it be your job? Would it, that, that's just a mind-boggling question. We've, we've had so many conversations over that, um, even where we've gone to demonstrations on, on the way traveling there, we said to the spirit world, where are all these people that have died in either? funny situations or peculiar since Kerry knows where I'm going to go um, and, and in other circumstances and I know it's there within the subconscious but like we said there are thoughts away that that thought is real it's living it's gone to the spirit world and they come on board and it's just opening your consciousness to the, these facts and some of the, the contacts we've had we, we've had to hold information back because it's not right there's a responsibility to what you're saying in public uh, and some of the information is very personal so we hold it back but then you're faced with delivering some of these contacts that you think, you know, well, how, how do I put this? This is different. Why did I open my mouth? Why did I put that to the spirit world? We've had them conversate. But on the other hand, we've also said to the spirit world, we're going to a demonstration to take this in. Wouldn't it be nice if we, and this is where we challenge the spirit world, because we like the scientific 
wouldn't it be nice if we got the first contact and it was this person that comes through and they said this, but also if they could give us a little bit of an insight into, and at the time it was the Spirit and Soul Foundation, um, and we were the first contact because remember it was in Kendall, it was the person that we brought it through, and I was sat there thinking, you know what, are they picking this up psychically, have we emanated this information, pulled it all to pieces, I'm thinking, no, I can feel the presence of the spirit world, but it was just as we asked, just as we said to the spirit world, if you could, because we never demand, and, and the information we got back was even better than we thought, because it, it's how it all started. It really and that's, that's the intelligence of the spirit world, I don't think people understand, and that's where I, where I feel very strongly, if, if mediums or individuals treat the spirit world as a thing, an invisible thing, with no character, with no presence, with no um, emotion, then we're, we're losing part of that world. That world is based on emotions, based on love, it's based upon um, the very essence of who we are. And so where where there is that intelligence shown, we, we, have, we have our moments of doubt. I have my moments of doubt. And I've said, look, I really would like something. And I'm not talking about, and I'm not undermining value of signs and symbology, but I, that's not enough for me. I really want something a little bit more. And when I've done that, the spirit world have gone out of their way in order to influence a medium, to get in contact with me and say, um, I, I've been influenced to give you a phone. I'm sorry, I don't normally do this, but I need to tell you this. And that's how um, some of the spirit and soul stuff happened because I was sending out thoughts saying, if this is meant to be, it's got to be um, to a, a shape and a... Um, understanding the spirit world one this isn't about us it's about what we're doing for the spirit world and we've had so much um, information from the spirit world that has shaped the direction we're going we're going there oh no now we're going here oh no now we're going here <laughs> and we're just like well who are we working for we've got to be very clear there and not to, to get um, out of context at all we must always remember what we're doing and it's about the people it's about the spirit world and it's about the message of we don't die which is convenient isn't it <laughs> yes sure is i, I want to ask you both about the spirit and soul foundation you've mentioned it a couple of times what is it and how did it get started what do you do yeah. it was a, a concept because we're I, I, I think you maybe understand it now or how we've talked it's about the intention of the spirit world bringing a, a, a truth and a, and to really instill the, the um, truths of spiritualism the truths of mediumship the mechanics in depth understanding how the process works clairvoyance clairsentience clairaudience <coughs> excuse me um, and all the different levels of it and how it works within mediumship and, and, and how to stand in the essence and build the power with the spirit world. So that all them things, are, and that's not new. Okay, Like with Kerry said before, it's not new. But where we do come from is a personal development side. I mean, Kerry's a, a trained ICF coach, um, and I'm going through that process and almost completed it. But it's helping the student find themselves and understand themselves because they, they look at the spirit world and, and want this wonderful, amazing evidence to come and be brought, but actually it's already there. They've got to understand how it affects mm -hmm. them. So we're making them go in and look at what gets in the way, what issues that they are, building their confidence um, 
to actually say, you know what, I, I'm a particular person, this is the way I am, this is the way, and accept themselves, it makes them get out of the way of all their issues and fears and, mm -hmm. and things, but it makes them look and take a, um, I'm going to steal one of Kerry's words, a deeper delve into self, I mean, you can explain that e even better, what makes them look at how they're affected, what their triggers mm -hmm. are, and helps them move forward. We're not going into counselling. We're not going into any other alternative therapy. Not, it's not digging that deep. We're just acknowledging there's things there to move them forward. Mm -hmm. Do you want to? Yeah, and I think there is that essence of um, we've had mentoring and mediumship together for a long time, but coaching is something completely different. And I know you're coached yourself, so you'll, you'll know that magic of the truth and your own answers being pulled out of you by the, the, the use of questions as opposed to put in with somebody else's thoughts. And so we had this concept of how do we bring coaching and mediumship together? Um, and there's been so many instances where we came up with an idea and then things happened, phones began to ring, people began to contact us. We were networking in areas we'd never thought before. There were venues popping up. The ideas were being taken up. People were phoning us, asking to be part of a group. We're thinking we're not even advertising this yet and people are contacting us. And there's two specific people in the spirit world that have individually contacted Phil and I regularly. That are that There was one time you were working down south. We sit um, for about an hour every day for, for development of our mediumship. We call it sitting in the power. It's very similar to meditation, but not. It's just slightly different, but we sit every day. And you were working down south, and you phoned me up, and I was sitting, we all sit at the same time. Um, and we picked up the phone, and I said, I've got this marvellous idea. And he said, oh, me first. <laughs> and it was the same idea. Exactly. Wow. Given within that power, within that presence of the spirit world, we open ourselves up, and it's normally for the development of our mediumship. So we have no expectation about that. But when the spirit world want to drop ideas in, they will do, or either through clairvoyant images or through a sense or through a sound. or um, And that's how we've gone. And this has just kind of unfolded. So the spirit world must be behind it. They must be supporting us <laughs> because things are happening. And it is about bringing the spirit world to life for the, for the lay person. They are alive, they're pretty much more alive than we are, but it's allowing people who feel that their relatives are dead and gone, bringing some kind of reassurance that if you um, sit within that space, you will sense something. And there, as we become more and more sensitive, people will say, oh, I suddenly became aware of the spirit world. We'll say, no, you, the spirit world have always been there their sensitivities are heightened to the point where they're able to perceive the spirit world. But it's not that the spirit world suddenly turned up. They've been there all along. It's as we develop our sensitivities, then we're able to perceive more. So the more we sit and send out that thought to the spirit world, either to our relatives or friends or animals, pets, then our perception will increase and then Theoretically, we shouldn't need mediums in the future because we should all be able to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're about. It's We've always said we're not about teaching just mediums. We're teaching ambassadors for the spirit world and we should all be ambassadors for the spirit world. We should all be holding true that 
thought that we, we, we don't die, we, we do live on and we're able to still maybe not see or touch, but we're still be able to communicate and, and feel the essence of our loved ones and that can't be taken away from anybody. No. That, that feeling that when you receive a contact or you're in the presence of the spirit world mm. and it physically, emotionally, mentally touches you, nobody can take that away. That, that healing for somebody that's grieving is truly a, a wonderful experience. And to be able to help people through training, through coaching them, um, and, and the coaching we're doing is like a transformational one, which basically helps them move forward and be more confident um, within the mediumship, because they're getting a good education of, of the mechanics, but also with now helping them to move out of the way and surrender that a little bit more and accept who they are, helps the two come together, medium and the spirit world, to serve the spirit world better, be the, the greater ambassador. Uh, and that's what it's really about now. It really is about mm -hmm. that. And it's not just, like I said, teaching mediumship. We're going through the whole process, what's expected within a pair, that healing quality, how the spirit world can inspire you through it, to use your mediumship, also within a philosophy or an address, how you can have the backbone of it and how the spirit world can manifest and inspire you to take the rest, put the meat on the bones, if you will, and what to expect when they go within a church or a demonstration, how they should be, and really go through the whole lot. So it's not just about mediumship, it's about the whole experience of life and of the spirit world and of you. And like I said earlier on, what we believe in is we're the active ingredient. So having that understanding and that compassion, that integrity, and having that respect there adds so much more. And I think you mentioned the spiritual side. That's the thing we're looking at. That's what we know the spirit world are on board with. When you mentioned the two people in the spirit world, we've spoken about them in parts. There's Jock that's inspired, there's Gordon Higginson that's inspired, uh, and the contacts we've had from variant states of the world, phone calls, or, or, or we don't normally do this, uh, and the information we've received has been phenomenal. And there's, there's, no, there's no concept, there's no uh, coincidence or synchrony, it's inspired by the spirit world. Um, I mentioned something earlier on where Paul Jacobs has been a huge influence in my life where my mediumship has been concerned. Um, it was a, the spirit world said to me, you're going to be known across mainland Europe. And I thought, you know what, you're having a laugh. But the voice said it, it was clear as day. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to be known sort of thing. And I thought to myself, it's not what I want. Uh, and Paul rung me up two days later, how would you like to come here? I was like, okay, then if Paul's got the confidence in, in bringing me across, I'm going to accept it. But I was still questioning it, still questioning it today, even where the spirit world had said something to us recently. And I'm like, okay, that happens. And then... If we're really honest, okay, then we met a lady from America called Sandra who said, would you like to come? And we're like, what? You're having a laugh. <laughs> so in other words, in the spirit world have orchestrated so much because um, we never wanted to be full-time mediums. I fought it all the way. Um, and the spirit world said, we'll look after you, we'll do this. And since that time, we've just saying, you know what? I'm in your hands. I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering to you. Um, the phone's not stopped. The work comes in, the possibilities to talk about the spirit world, to have that correct intention, everything's been there. Uh, and we're in the past, I've thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we did this and tried to make it, it's never worked. 
I'm there with the spirit world orchestrating and, and leading. Um, like Kerry said before, we're going from one thing, we're going here, we're going there. And, and it, it's opened up. The spirit and soul is now across mainland Europe. It's in Canada. We're going on the cruise that you, you, you knew about already sort of thing um, from Fort Lauderdale around the Caribbean. Um, all these things have opened up because of the spirit world. Um, we've never asked. We've never demanded. We've just said, OK, we're yours. Just do do as you will with us. And, and some of the things we've had, uh, um, where we were told recently, I think it was along the lines of, oh, you must do this. And we're thinking, really? Uh, and we, we went out of our way. We stood somewhere and somebody came to us and said, you know what? So you're the people we're meant to meet and the spirit world have told me about. We've gone, oh, there's so many things that have happened. It, it's unbelievable. That blind faith of standing there. I mean, we've read some of the stories of the pioneers, the old, the old mediums prolific mediums and we read them and think you know what that's just happened to us that that's it's incredible really is incredible um and for me that that's the intention of the spirit world that they want what we're doing and that to me is bigger than anything and to to put into into sort of some kind of context you've had an idea about this radio station we don't die and everything else it's just spread. I mean, Scott calls you Mrs. America. We call you Mrs. Velocity because you can just get things done um, and everything. Um, but it, it, it's phenomenal because the, the spirit world is there. Things are opening up. You talked about things earlier on um, that things are happening. It's just getting bigger and bigger and growing. And that, to me, is the power of the spirit world and wanting their words. Because myself, Kerry, you, and other mediums out there are the voice for that unseen world that, for that truth. And as long as we have that intention there, the spirit world will open doors, move mountains to get that truth out there. That's beautiful. I know for me, I'm about service and I care about people and I've experienced deep grief and fear of dying and all of it. And so if I can be used in any way to help lessen someone's fear or give comfort to the grieving, and I'm know when I connected with the two of you that you have integrity and love in your heart and you come from service. And I just thought, you know, and I'm sitting there and for our listener, you just have to imagine me sitting in my seat thinking, how can I get these two to America? How can I get them to America? You know, like devious. (laughs) And then over a few drinks, there was the invitation and we just make it happen. Uh, Yeah. I think we're set up by the spirit world and we're come from the same cut from the same cloth, willing to serve. But I want to ask you, if people are interested in working with you individually, do we have to go on the cruise or meet with you somewhere? Or do you do anything online like we're on Zoom right now? Um, We've got um, plans this year to do what we're calling masterclasses. We run um, progressive groups in different countries and it's a way that we can bring all our students from all different countries together but there is thoughts there and I think there's a genuine curiosity, I suppose, about the conversation we're having. So there might be uh, an opportunity for us to be sharing some um, Zoom sessions so people can dial in and ask questions and have concepts blown out the water, I suppose, because there's something, there's so much out there planted by programs and radio and newspapers and upbringings and films that we are, we're kind of pre-programmed by. So that's one option uh, that that we're looking at. But yes, tutorials, it's, it's more about 
the the thought, the integrity. Education. It's more about the education, about the backbone of what the purpose of mediumship is. There's an awful lot of people want mediums out there, but I firmly, both of us firmly believe it's up to the spirit world to choose who they were going to um, have to work for them. I gave up a, a very successful job to become self-employed in order to spend more time serving the churches. And that's all I wanted, serve the churches in the UK, to do some workshops. So I was going to earn all my money through coaching and consultancy and be able to serve the spirit world. How this happened is I'm back where I was, which was struggling to do both jobs because the other one is the spirit world are, are placing me in um, positions where I'm having to turn down work that I thought was going to be the main earner. It doesn't pay, but that's mediumship. I don't know if the public know mediumship isn't about earning. It doesn't pay an enormous amount, so it's not going to make you rich, but it brings such an or warmth to me. I, it, it's a joy. It's... I don't feel like I've done a day's work. Apart from my energy levels are a little bit lower, I don't feel like I've done a day's work when yeah. we've been teaching. Yeah. Because we're, you're in that moment from the minute you start a day to the minute you finish, it's like you're you're in the zone, you're in the space, you're working with the spirit world, you're working for the development of the mediums that are there. That's not work. <laughs> yeah. but no, we, we, it's the educational side and like Kerry's mentioned about the Zoom classes, um, the, the self-development has to go hand in hand. One, the mediumship can't grow without the development of the self-growing as well, understanding and everything. And that, that's what we're trying to bring. And as far as we know, we're quite unique with it. Um, there's probably other people out there doing something similar. Um, but I know the programmes that we uh, have devised Actually, we're starting to read with awards, we're seeing the results with students and participants. Um, but yeah, if people want to get in touch, then go to the Spirit Soul Foundation UK. Um, just drop us an email and we'll put them on that emailing list sort of thing to let them know. Um, but yeah, as long as we can keep our intention of that education and giving back what was given to us. I mean, people like Paul and other people that helped us on their way, Jock and stuff, and, and other people um, that are still here and about today. It's about giving back, it really isn't. Getting people's understanding that there's nothing mystical about this. This is logical, it's rational. The purpose is for healing, and the purpose is to help others and service to mankind. Then, the, then we're all for that. And it's something we've, toyed with the last 12 months of putting together um, but we know there's a lot of other people doing it but we wanted to do something that was true and real and really will be of service and help people there's a lot yeah. of people yeah. there's a lot of people out there and people will say but you're a medium you don't suffer grief well yes. that's not true at all we suffer the same levels of grief as anybody else we still miss the physical the physical presence of our loved ones, the the knowledge that they're existing in a place that we'll be able to catch up with them, maybe be in connection with them through life and then meet up with them one day again, brings some reassurance, but it doesn't take away the pain. And that's where people will say they'll go for a private sitting in order to negate somehow some of the grief. It, you, we can't pop a pill and get over grief. It is a process. And if people can ha go for a private sitting or receive a contact, what they'll realise is it's come at the right time. It's come um, at the time where they were ready. But 
I, I hope people appreciate as well that sometimes the healing is required on the spirit side of life. So the father, the mother, the brother, sister, friend, they need healing. And so when a message is received, it isn't always received necessarily because the person in the congregation or the audience needs it. There might be an unseen need in the spirit world that a contact through a medium is able to verbalize the forgiveness, offering or asking for forgiveness, or offering or asking for that acknowledgement of love. And so we can't um, underestimate the level of need the spirit side of life just to have that need verbalized is sometimes healing for that person what part of their spiritual journey that forms i can only guess at but i know it's there and we've seen it time and time again where we feel the need from the spirit person mm. their need to be able to verbalize what they want to share and wow. even uh, if we've got to be honest there's been times where we've had people sat with us and you can feel the pain of their grief and, and we've said, well, we'll you know, again, we can feel what's going on and we'll rather talk to them than do the reading uh, and yeah. just say, look, it's not the right time. Let's just have that little bit of time to let that grieving subside and get an understanding of it, then come back um, because we know that can be a tough reading. And one wrong word said, destroys the reading, destroys the faith, destroys the memories. Um, so there's a responsibility there as well that's the only way we can do it that's our part of being in service it's not always about a private sitting a 45 minute chat is sometimes and it's maybe not even a chat it's just listening it's much more useful to the person than a 20 minute reading yes i think so and speaking of readings you both still do readings working with people yeah do you do it long distance over phone or over skype or over zoom phone and um, via zoom um, however people want to get in contact it makes no difference there there's this concept maybe that you, you can't overseas but absolutely the spirit world can yeah. be many places at the same time so they can absolutely be somebody your side of the atlantic and our side of the atlantic they're very intelligent in that world <laughs> We had a, a situation, we were talking about this the other day actually, we had a situation where we were in a, um, a church and we were doing what they call Reader's Day where we're volunteering our services to help the church financially out so we're donating our service and then the church made their money to, for, for whatever they need and we had a mother and daughter, the mother with us, me, the daughter was with you and uh, we both turned and said actually uh, your husband's here and you only wants to acknowledge your daughter sat over there and Kerry turned around and said well yeah your father's here and he's acknowledging with the father and with the mother over there so all of a sudden we're all looking at each other and going okay that's the synchronicity of the spirit world, there can be more than one place at one time um, delivering that contact to the loved one. Um, so, yeah, so, so through Skype, through technology, that can still happen anyway. It's about that feeling and that connection with the medium that enables to give to the recipient. So it's mind-blowing at times. It is. Well, with technology, we're together in the same room. and we're <laughs> We've got a big bit of water in between us. Well, I want to just bring up the two events that I'm going to see you both at next. Uh, you're coming to America. Thank you very much for saying yes to that. Thank and you very much for inviting us. Yeah, very excited. When you were doing the intro at the beginning, my face was aching for smiling. <laughs> well, I'm so excited. Boston will be my very first event. And um, I just feel like it's time. I know some of the greatest people and the best evidence of the afterlife help through grief and 
giving people that taste that we are more than just our body that, that we think we are. And so I asked Carrie and Phil to come over. They're going to be doing a demonstration of mediumship. Um, and I know, Phil, I've seen you demonstrate, and there's just so much joy and humor and great messages. And, um, and Phil says, Carrie's even better. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I love that. And also, you'll be giving us, um, you'll be doing a workshop during the event, uh, mm -hmm. a training for everybody. And, and I'm hoping you do a little bit what you did at Banyan is, is really give us all a taste that we do have the psychic sense. And we all worked with a partner and um, got to stretch that psychic muscle. And uh, for me personally, I was blown away by the information I knew about my partner and that he verified. And it's like, wow, it, it's just really reaffirming that we are souls having a human experience. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Good that you mentioned that the psychic is working the soul to soul. Um, it's the same with the spirit world, he's working with the discarnate soul. So people look at it, they get confused between the two. So it's good that you mentioned that a soul to self, it's soul to soul, it's very much about information about each other as you're working with them. But working with the spirit world is completely different. It's all about the, the loved one in the spirit world. So yeah, so it's good. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just kind of that more where I know you're. you're We've asked us to do a talk as well, and we can go into the, the main differences between somebody who works psychically yeah. and somebody who works with mediumship so that we can demystify this difference between the two. Because yes. it, they're the same part of the same faculty, but they are different. And that acknowledgement of understood just helps each individual in their development when they can understand how they're working. Yeah, yeah I'm very excited. Go ahead, Phil. Lots to talk about. Um, we're doing a, a blindfold demonstration in Canada for an exper experimental purposes. Uh, we did one earlier in the year in the UK, uh, which was one hilarious because of what went on, but also it showed the intelligence of the spirit world that got to the right recipients, no voices. It, it, it was just me speaking and I had to just deliver the contacts um, and there was no yeses and noes from the audience. They were holding signs up saying yes and no but I was blindfolded, I couldn't see. Uh, but the, the extraordinary thing is when I knew I got something wrong, um, I corrected myself. There was no nose to correct me. It was all about me correct. So it shows the intelligence as well. So we'll probably... I think that's what we're trying to do in, in Canada and, and anywhere else. It, it's about proving the intelligence of the spirit world, that, that we're not cold reading a face, that we're not mind reading, that there is a world that's unseen and that world that's unseen um, exist with all of our loved ones that have theoretically died and if we can bring a knowledge of that and, and prove that a little bit more in a way that's easily understandable then it's going to bring a little bit of comfort to more people and that's what it's about yes and a lot of comfort and I'm all for getting you guys to the biggest audience so however that works I'm your partner in it and I know we're going to have a lot of fun and lots of laughter and a lot of healing. What is the best way people can get in touch with you? We've got um, a couple of websites. We've actually got three, but um, maybe the best way is through the Spirit and Soul Foundation. So it's www.thespiritandsoulfoundation, all one word, .co.uk. But if you look up phildykes.com mm -hmm. and Kerry McLeod's Spirit Medium, 
home, then either of those you'll be able to get. Yeah, either, mine, either of those. Yeah, mine's UK, so it's Philip Dykes UK. So, oh, yeah. Perfect. And well, just as well, you'll be able to find us on Facebook. We've each got our individual pages there. And for our listener or viewer, just beneath this episode, I've got live links that you can actually click on and go right to their websites, which is wonderful. So just about to close up this episode, do you each have any closing words or anything you feel inspired to say before we depart? If we can be open-minded as a recipient, if we can be respectful and challenge the spirit world and just like we said earlier on, they're only a thought away. Just send that thought up and just let go of it and let it come back in time. You'll get your answers. But again, if you can be that voice for the unseen world and speak that truth, then I think that it's important we do it with integrity, with honesty, but also to be of service to mankind. It's not just about the self, it's about others. Um, and if we can leave things to be naturally spoken um i think those words will be have a profound effect on the recipient or the person listening and even if they're just able to talk and debate even if it's skeptical um then it's opening that thought process off to truth of eternal life of, of spiritualism of being spiritual and if i think we can do that in an open and honest way in kindness I think will solve a lot of things in humanity. I really do. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, do you want to add anything? I'm actually just very, very grateful yes. for so much, for the spirit world, for yourself, um, and for the opportunities. And every time we deliver a, a personal contact, we do become part of that. And I feel eternally grateful for that. So we'll just see where the journey goes. I'm looking forward to next year. Next year's literally just about five days away. But <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. But if we hold gratitude in our hearts, then we'll always find reason to be grateful. There always is a reason to be grateful. So as we send this site, I'm not sure when this will air, but as it goes through into the new year, just if we look for that, Thing to be grateful for we can shift our own awareness out of the darkness uh, and looking towards whatever brighter future there is we have to trust it is one there is always a purpose for us thank you both that was really beautiful and thank you to our listener or our viewer how are you choosing to be with us here today uh, just a, a few brief announcements. Our home base is wedontdieradio.com, which you can now find 285 episodes, which is so hard to believe over the past four years, gathering really great information about the evidence of the afterlife and help through grief and help having a powerful life. My audio is there called um, How to Survive Grief, because I know the pain of grief personally. and I give you some free tools to help ease the pain and help you move through grief. There's so many other gifts there for you as well. But just to touch on the live events that are coming up, we don't die Boston.com and we don't die Orlando.com are going to be great. I've got um, Phil and Carrie definitely coming over from Scotland, but the scientist Sonia Rinaldi 
is coming from Brazil, who's got actual pictures and audios that she captures of people in the afterlife. There's nothing like it I've, I've ever seen. And I'm so grateful she's coming. Physical medium Scott Milligan is coming. Uh, he does some mind-blowing demonstrations himself, as well as some really great other folks. So you can go to the websites, we don't die boston.com or we don't die orlando.com to find out more and to register. But I welcome you, whether you're traveling on your own or traveling with a friend or loved one, just come. You'll be greeted by wonderful loving arms that will be with you and we'll have a lot of fun and you will be touched so deep in your heart that your loved ones are around and that you are a very special human being and your life matters. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So I really want to thank you for viewing or listening, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.